What up, world? It's your past first point guard, Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day, five days a week, free on all platforms, always free, always on all the platforms. So go check us out, make it your first listen every single day. In today's show, Jalen Durant. Memphis big man has a solo workout in front of the Blazers brass in at the practice facility in Tualatin. Let's talk about his strengths, his weaknesses, his fit in Portland, and whether he makes sense at number seven. And then we'll close the show with a little mock draft fun. I participated in a community mock draft run by a friend of the program, Richard Stamen, at MavsDraft on Twitter and MavsDraft.com. And I, I think I did okay, and I want to share what I did with you and let you weigh in on it, either by harassing me in the YouTube comments or sending me an email at LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Let's, let's start with Jalen Duran uh, in Portland on Monday for a solo workout. Uh, just like a funny media thing, uh, on Sunday, Benedict Mathurin from Arizona went uh, worked out for the Blazers privately, and there was like, he declined to do interviews, and, and there was no in-house media. The Blazers do some like in-house media for, for their workouts. Uh, clearly, his people didn't want in-house media, or he did where he didn't work out and he just met with the team and there was nothing to film but like uh it's like a, a super secret draft thing and then like Jalen Duran comes in on Monday and there's in-house media the Blazers you know produce a little I don't know 40 second Twitter social media video um of his workout he meets with the media he agrees to go on uh a local television program later that night like <laughs> Jalen Duran came and did the rounds uh kissing babies and whatnot here in Portland that's neither here nor there but a funny media thing for uh someone like me in the, in the Blazers media world but who is Jalen Duran well he's a 6'10 250 pound big man who is the AAC American Athletic Conference player of the year in his lone season at Memphis where he averaged 12 points 8.1 rebounds 1.3 assists just under one steal and 1.2 blocks per game. He shot 60% from the floor and six and 62.5% from the free throw line. It did not, doesn't, not a shooter, did not make a three in his lone college season. Uh, he is projected to go right in the Blazers range. I've seen him as high as six, like right, you know, first pick outside the top five. And I've seen him as low as 17 in mocks. 17 seems wild. I don't think he'll slip that far. And six seems a little bit high, but I think the Blazers at seven is probably the most realistic landing spot for him. Conceivably, Indiana could draft him, but they got a, they got a, a stable of, of large folks that, uh, uh, you know, with Miles Turner and Gogo Batadze and whatever they're going to do with Jalen Smith, like they, they don't seem like a team that's going to draft a big in a lottery. So seven seems like somewhere near Duran's draft ceiling. Uh, let's just go strengths and weaknesses. As a caveat, like I'm, I am not a big draft guy. I saw Duran play that game against Gonzaga in the, um, in in the, uh, excuse me, in the NCAA tournaments. The the one that was here, I didn't even see it in person. I watched it on TV from my couch. So like, I. I'm I am learning about Jalen Duran the way probably many of you are is by reading draft people and watching videos on YouTube and et cetera, et cetera, uh, listening to Locks and NBA Big Board, uh, where my man Raphael Barlow says that one of the strengths for Jalen Duran is is his underrated passing ability. One of the strengths you'll hear, the strengths you'll hear about him is he's just gigantic and he's a really good athlete. You know, when he gets two feet in the paint, he's gonna, you know, he can go up and and finish. He doesn't have a, a bunch of post game, but like can catch it at the dunker spot, catch it, you know you know, near the rim and go up and through people, great motor as a rebounder and uh, some, some real 
actual provable defensive skills. I think that the exciting thing about Duran is that not only is he gigantic, you know, 6'10 with, he didn't do measurements at the NBA Combine, but reported, I've read this several places, I don't know where they got it from, but reported several places, probably in his, his AAU days, seven and a half uh, inch wingspan. So like big dude with long arms, like it's, he's huge. Uh, but some, some, athleticism to stay in front of people on switches to play it to guard in space like i think uh the switchability and the shot blocking and the strength and the motor all in, all real all real strengths uh, i've heard him compared to like uh young dwight howard but that might be a little much dwight howard's a hall of famer or andre drummond might be a little much andre drummond's a, a, a you know a perennial all-star for a brief period of his career or or a borderline all-star i should say for a brief period of his career and a, a stats monster um if, if Duran is either one of those two gentlemen he's really good but like i don't really love nba comps i think the like the the motor and the athleticism really stand out. And if he and if he wasn't much of a passer in terms of like raw stats, raw counting stats at Memphis, but uh, I trust Raphael Barlow, friend of the program. Uh, you know, subscribe to uh, subscribe to his his newsletter and and listen to Locked and NBA Big Board. He's he's super plugged in with this with all things draft related. And if he says that Duran has has more passing ability than he flashed at Memphis, I believe him. And and. A big man who plays hard and can pass can make up for some of his other lack of skills. And the weaknesses, I think, stand out with Duran. Like, he's he doesn't have back-to-the-basket game. You can't really dump it into him in the post and go get it. Um, he doesn't have any range. He's not a very good free-throw shooter. His offense is roll hard to the rim, you know, either catch it catch it with a, a clean runway or get little dump-offs when guys drive to the rim or control the offensive glass. Like, that's that's where he's going to be get his offense done. He's, you, he's not going to... You know, if you switch onto him, he's not going to be able to mash mismatches and mash guards in the post with, you know, with little jump hooks. You can get there, but like he doesn't have that now. Um, and he might be because of that lack of offense, because of that lack of of shooting. He might be it might be hard for him to get like real significant impact playing time. Like he could play for a, if the Blazers want to be good, significant impact playing time early on in his career. I think the defense and the rebounding allow him to play a small minute role early uh but in terms of like you know 28 plus minutes or whatever it might be starter type minutes uh he, he might be a little ways away from that because he's, he probably has some more skill to work out pretty raw offensively but some defensive skills uh, i've heard some concerns from or read some concerns and also listened to them on a couple youtube vids um uh, actually, including Richard Stamen, of who told me on on this very podcast at Mavs Draft on Twitter, shout out to Richard uh, at Mavs Draft, uh, said like uh, Duran's pick and roll defense is not his strength. Like he's good guarding in isolation, and, good, and he's okay switching and has some skills there. But like the sort of two man nuance of team defense and pick and rolls is not a strength of his. And I think that can be a problem early on in your career because. You're going to get pick and roll to death when you're young, big in the league. They're just going to come after you. That doesn't mean that he can't help. I think like his strengths, I think, can override some of his weaknesses, particularly early in his career. But the we the weaknesses are real. Like the reason that he's not up at the top of the draft is because he does have he does have some things to work on. So the question then becomes not so much like, um, you know, where can he get better or what what happens if if. Uh, he develops a three-point shot. I think you want to build, start with what you have and build from there. So knowing what he has, is he a good fit with the Blazers? Is he a good fit at seven? Let's talk about that to, cl- to, to close the show. And let's talk about that in the second segment. But before we get there, let me tell you about price picks. You want a little, win a little bit of money? 
try out prize picks. I use the app and it's, um, it's a daily fantasy, daily fantasy app that you can, you can use on your phone or you can go to prizepicks.com. Super simple to use. You pick an entry between two and five players and you just pick the over under versus the lines that prize picks set. So points, rebounds, assists, whatever it may be, prize pick sets the line. You pick over and under based on that line and you can win up to 10 times on any single entry. If you, if you have a five man, five man ballot, five person ballot, but you don't have to win all five to win some money. You can win three out of five, win four out of five and still get there. It's a ton of fun, super easy. You can do multiple sports. You don't just have to do NBA. You can go you go, go across the board and kind of bounce around with different sports and, and pick over underline set by prize picks. But right now, if you go to if you download the app, first time users, go to prizepicks.com or download the app and use the promo code NBA, they'll put 50 free bucks in your account when the person on your first on your first ballot you make scores one point. Pick Jason Tatum, pick Steph Curry. They're going to score one point in game three of the NBA Finals. You're going to use the promo code NBA when you're signing up on the Prize Picks app. You're going to get 50 bucks immediately once they score that one point, and then you can go win some more money from there. That's Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right. Let's talk about Jalen Dern. Strengths and weaknesses. We know them. But the question is... Does he fit here with the Portland Trailblazers? Maybe, I think is where I'm at. Um, I, I, let me be consistent and then I'll, I'll work through it. I have said that I am a little bit wary of drafting a center at seven because versatility is so valuable in the modern NBA and the Blazers already lack a little versatility on the roster. Dame is just a one. Maybe, you know, one or two, whatever, but a one. Amphrey Simons is probably just a one on defense, but a one or a two, right? Like these, these, they're not really like deep position, deep, deep versatility. Yusuf Nurkic is a straight up five. Like they just, you could, those are good players. Those are good basketball players. You put them on the court, you're going to be a pretty good basketball team, but they need more versatility on the roster. And I think using seven to get someone who maybe doesn't have positional versatility worries me. And specifically if that is like, um, someone who's mostly a, a rangeless center in the league. Like I think that, that, worries me but that doesn't mean that i i wouldn't be totally against duran because i think like they the blazers desperately need depth um i like i wouldn't this isn't my choice like let me be clear i don't need to hedge here let me be clear I, i wouldn't he wouldn't be my choice but i don't think um you draft him and he starts like i think you can draft him and he can come start and he can play behind Yusuf Nurkic to begin his career if you sign Nurk to a multi-year contract and draft Jalen Duran i think that's a mistake um I don't think they can play together because of the lack of shooting that either of them have. Um, I think the passing would help, but I just, you can go super big if someone can shoot a little bit, but neither of those guys can really shoot. Um, And Nurk needs a lot of space to operate. He's best with a lot of space uh, down in the post. Like that's how you maximize Nurk is, is, don't have him get crowded. Uh, But yeah, so like I, I think if Nurk is in fold, Duran doesn't fit, and I don't think if you want to be a good team, you can start a rookie at center. Like if you were to move on from Nurk or sign and trade Nurk for some sort of other upgrade, uh, whatever that may be, like you can be you can be a good team with a rookie playing big center minutes. So he he's not my choice. Um, he he just and, and it's really the versatility point um, and the center point. I I think like. I think there's a world in which the Blazers trade back from seven to like 13, 15, 16. And if Duran's still on the board, you go for it, right? Like I'm not anti-center. The Blazers need big players. Like, in fact, like last season, you saw when they just like kind of ran out of tall people to play. Like it was, it was a struggle for them. Uh, Then it was an intentional struggle for them. And that was a whole different thing. But there was a middle period there 
where they just didn't have enough center depth. They just needed other big players on the roster. And they just didn't quite have it. Uh, like, I think they could. I think they could upgrade the front line, and I think that matters. And I think Duran is is probably a long term NBA player. Um, from you know from what I've read, like I think this. I think the size and the athleticism, uh, the the defensive instincts he possesses now at you know at at 18, 19 and, and, um, one of the younger, younger players in this draft has a lot of room to grow. Yeah. I, I like, I think he's there. And I think if you had a team with, um, you know, more glaring need in the middle, which the Blazers don't necessarily have right now and more patience to say, okay, this guy in year two and year three will have a major role. Then yeah, like this is a really, this could be a really useful and, 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 and helpful selection. Um, I'm, I think, but when you're specifically talking about the Blazers and you're specifically talking about seven he's not for me not not my choice um if you disagree shoot me an email lockdownblazerspot.gmail.com or just sound off in the twitter or twitter please don't please don't tweet at me uh, sound off in the youtube comments below um i would love to i, I would love to hear your thoughts on on where you think durin durin fits and what you would do at seven uh I think this is like you're, you know, as we move our way into the draft, we're we're like about two weeks away. As you're hearing this, um, this is Tuesday, June seventh. Show thanks for listening. It's free on all platforms, five days a week. Uh, the Blazers are are doing their due diligence with guys right in their range. Like you know, they've uh, Cronin was at the pro day with to see AJ Griffin in, in LA. You know, they brought Benedict Matherin in, they're bringing Jalen Duran in, they brought Dyson Daniels in like guys in their range are here. Um, I don't, I, if I had to bet, I'd bet the Blazers won't use the, their pick, right? Like I, I, I would assume that they, they trade their pick either to trade back or trade out completely. All of the reporting suggests that the Blazers are trying to get veterans to help Dame immediately. Um, whether that's the right move or not, maybe is in the eyes of the beholder, but like, that's all the reporting suggests they're trying to do that. So like what I'm trying to say is while the Blazers seem to be doing their due diligence, they seem to be getting guys who are projected to go right in their range. And we'll see if that, if you, you know, you get a Jeremy Sohan that would come in that type of, uh, that someone in that of that ilk, that's also going to be right there. Um, but like they might just be doing this because it's the, it's what you do. And you want to like, like I've said a couple times the show, like know the value of the picks. If Dern wows you and workouts, if like his vertical leap is just like so wild at his size that you're like, okay, like this is a crazy lob threat we haven't had. Like we haven't had a vertical threat like this. Maybe this has some, maybe there's some real value here. Something like we just haven't had someone like, you know, Damian Lord hasn't been, hasn't really been able to throw a lob since JJ Hickson left. Um, So like, you know, you do your due diligence, but I kind of think the Blazers are just smoke screening us and that Duran coming in was a smoke screen. But I think, as I said on yesterday's show, like, it either means this is either super meaningful that he's coming in and getting a solo workout or super meaningless. And I think in, in some ways it's um, intended to be both. It gives the Blazers the data they need, but it also gives the impression that they are very serious about using seven. So uh, whatever you want to read into it, uh, feel free to do so. I just think like we're getting the picture of guys who are absolutely projected to go in their draft range and they're coming in and the Blazers are meeting with them. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it, I don't think it necessarily, nothing has changed from my opinion in terms of whether they will trade the pick or not. If they can, I think they absolutely will trade seven to upgrade the roster as best they can, which means that Duran just got to hang out in Portland for a day and be on regional television. 
All right, let's close the show. I got a, I was in a mock draft this weekend, over the weekend. I want to share with you what I did, and then I want to invite you to tell me if I got it right or not. It was a full two rounds. So I even made a pick at 57. So join me in the third segment, uh, and I will, I will tell you what I did. Spoiler alert. I landed Keegan Murray. Not bad, huh? Come with me and find out the rest of what I did. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar. They've expanded into the world of granola. It's just wonderful news. How about it? You want granola bars that have 15 grams of protein? You want granola bars that come in three wonderful flavors? You want granola bars that pack a punch and are still delicious? Well, guess what? Built Bars cracked the code. Plus, they still got all the other protein bars that you know and love. They got other products out there too. They're always finding ways to make new and delicious things. So go to Built.com, see what they got, find some new flavors, try some granola bars, try some protein bars, find what you like, order some more. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Jalen Duren was important today. But in the mock draft over the weekend that I participated in, I did not select him when I had the number seven overall pick. I want to walk you through, uh, it was a community mock. Like this is not like, I'm just like draft enthusiasts participating in mock. I was invited by Richard Stamen of at MavsDrafts on Twitter and MavsDraft.com to represent the Trailblazers in a full two round mock. Uh, No trades in this one. You just, when it was your turn, you made your pick. You couldn't wheel and deal. There's a future one coming out. I'll just let you know about this. Uh, on the Locked On Network where we were we were allowed to wheel and deal. And boy, did I try to. <laughs> boy, did I work the phones wheeling and dealing in that one. But in this one, there was no, uh, no trades allowed. You just made your selection. So I went ahead and I had seven. And here's how the draft broke out. Uh, Orlando went Chet Holmgren. Oklahoma City took Jabari Smith Jr., Houston, Paolo Bancaro, Sacramento took Jaden Ivey, Detroit took Benedict Matherin, and Indiana took A.J. Griffin. I would say Matherin and Griffin were relative surprises for me. So when I was on the board, this was a no-brainer. If I had been there, I would have been sprinting up to the podium with my card with Keegan Murray on there. I think Murray is as close to a perfect fit for what the Blazers need um, as there is in this draft. I think, um, you know, he's 22 and people treat 22 year olds like they're old and ancient and that's in the NBA draft and that's fine. Like if you think he's lacks the upside of maybe some teens, um, you know, like I said, choose your own adventure. To me, he's the perfect fit for the Blazers. Really productive, can play, can slot him in at power forward. You know, I don't know if he's a day one starter at power forward, but he's probably a day one contributor. Um, he can shoot it. He can score in transition. He can defend a little bit. It's like he's, he's, I think he's going to be um, a player in the league. I don't, star, I don't know. All-star, I don't know, but player in the league. And I think at seven, what you're looking for is a long-term starter. I think Keegan Murray is a long-term starter. That was a no-brainer for me. Uh, other names on the board that I would have considered were Dyson Daniels, who went immediately after. I think that was the, the sort of the where I'm at is that um, the my preferred names like for the Blazers at seven are, are Matherin and and Dyson Daniels. Um, that's Benedict Matherin from Arizona, who worked out for the Blazers on Sunday. I did a whole show about him yesterday. If you want to check that one out, but uh, when Matherin was off the board, but Keegan Murray was still on it, that changed my thinking. The other names that are sort of on, on my radar at that pick are AJ Griffin, uh, along with those and, um, 
and Jeremy Sohan from from Baylor. But I'll be honest, I am I'm kind of souring on Sohan a little bit. I know that some people really really like his defensive versatility. Um, I worry he has. I worry about his what he does on offense. I I, I kind of I'm a. I know that he's got some ball handling skills and he's gigantic um, and I might end up loving him in the NBA, but like, as I read about him, like I said, kind of a, I'm a draft novice learning about it along with you, dear listener. I'm not a big Sohan guy, but he would be fifth on my, on my choices. I would probably go AJ Griffin over, over Sohan pretty, pretty comfortably. Uh, another name people have thrown out there is Johnny Davis. I think he's going to be a good NBA player, but I don't like him for the Blazers. So at seven, I go Keegan Murray and then I just chill because uh, the Blazers don't pick until early in the second round. And at 36, when Portland comes up, uh, the the name I wanted the the person I want to go with was Jake Laravia out of Wake Forest. Uh, this is some in some ways this is just my like ACC bias. I'm a Carolina guy. Um, I watch I watch AC I watch the only college basketball I watch is the ACC because I watch Carolina. Jake Laravia killed Carolina in one of their meetings this year, um, and I was I, I think he's a I think he's a first round talent, and I was hoping that he would slip to 36. Like he's big and can shoot, and he has a lot of skills. He's maybe not this freaky deke athlete, but he's like highly skilled, very big person. And that, uh, that appeals to me, but he was off the board. Uh, so basically I was debating between two people at 36. It was Josh Minot at, from Memphis, uh, who's like a six, eight guy who six, eight, four, who came off the bench, really good athlete. His permanent defensive numbers are wild, are just like excellent. Um, uh, he's he, 36 might be a little high for his range. So I was a little worried about him. So the other name that I was debating was him and Jalen Williams, big man from Arkansas. Uh, I decided to go Minot because I think you can never load up on enough six, eight athletes. Uh, you know, you add Keegan Murray, you add Minot, like I, that's just like the prototype of player I want in the league. Minot as like a potential, just like really good sort of like Swiss army knife energy defender as a second round pick of really appeals to me. Um, I think, you know, he spent, he spent a season at Memphis and came off the bench. Um, and his, his counting numbers are, are pretty pedestrian. He only played, he played less than 15 minutes a game. Um, but again, like his permanent numbers and his, his advanced stats suggest that he might be really good in the league. Um, just like compared to other guys who produce about the same level, on a per, per 36 minute basis. It's not exactly apples to apples, but um, you know, it's apples to kumquats and uh, I've always enjoyed weird fruits, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I went Josh Minot from Memphis, uh, you know, super, really good athlete, skinny six, eight forward. Um, probably not, a, probably not a guy who can shoot in the league, which is maybe a little bit concerning, but um, Rebounds, steals, block shots, plays above the rim. I liked him at 36. Let me know what you think. And then I just chilled again and I had to wait around until the Blazers were back on the board at 59, the second to last pick in the draft. It's going to be a long night on draft night is what I learned. And I went with Alondis Williams, combo guard out of Wake Forest. That's right. I had targeted two two Wake guys on my list when I was making my uh, making my picks uh, or ma- making my board because I knew I had to go in the the um, second half of the or I knew I was going to have to go late in uh, late in the second round. I had to get some names on the board. Other guys I considered were uh, Julian Champagny, who worked out for the Blazers and went to St. John's. I think he's going to be uh, he can shoot it. Like I think he's he's really good. I, I was basically debating between um, Alonis Williams and uh, and Champagny. I, I kind of think Williams' uh, his playmaking and his and his off the dribble creation really appeals to me. Um, he's maybe a little slow on defense. Uh, he's maybe going to get cooked in the league because he's not a good enough athlete. But to me, his combination of pull up shooting and playmaking off the bounce is like 
skill sets that translate in the league. And as a backup combo guard, a guy you're getting the last pick in the draft, I thought he was worth taking a flyer. Also, just like, I, I think there has been, you know, he's ACC player of the year. And uh, maybe this is like Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado bias, but like Herb Jones wins SC player of the year. It's like, you know, uh, a, Jose Alvarado wins AC player of the year. These guys are super productive, really good college basketball players, and they slip in the draft because they maybe don't like fit the profile. I'm kind of willing to bet on production at the college level. Not always, not always, but I'm, I'm like to some extent, I'm just like willing to bet on it. And Williams was the best player in the ACC, not named Armando Baycott or Paolo Bancaro, but he still won the award. Uh, he was, he was, he was good. So that's my draft. Keegan Murray at seven. Josh Minot at 36, and at 57, we go with Alondis Williams from Wake Forest. Give me your picks. Shoot me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com, and give me your three picks, 7, 36, and 57. No trades, no nothing. Don't get fan. If you write me a whole, if you write me a whole long email, I'm just going to skip to the part where you tell me the picks anyways. But send me your picks. Uh, or if you're in the YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, shoot your picks below for, for 7, 36, and 57. Shoot me your three picks, no trades, and below. I will share uh, some listener selections. Uh, you can just, you don't, don't worry about it for, uh, for those second round because it's too confusing but Holmgren, Smith, Bancaro, Ivy, Matherin, Griffin already off the board. Holmgren, Smith, Bancaro, Ivy, Matherin, Griffin already off the board. So you're at seven with your choice between like Keegan Murray and Jalen Duran and Dyson Daniels, whoever it might be. Uh, take your pick under those parameters. I will share some of them uh, later this week. We'll do our, our community mock. Uh, I was in a community mock and I'm inviting you, dear listener, to be involved in community mock. I'm also inviting you, dear listener, to come back tomorrow. Listen to tomorrow's show. We got more fun draft stuff. I got a couple interviews. Uh, they're going to be later in the week. So uh, if you want to hear kind of insights into how the Blazers do draft stuff, got a fun interview that you can hear most likely on Friday of this week. Haven't nailed it down completely, but do not miss that one. But there's going to be shows the rest of the week. We're going to talk draft stuff. We're going to talk Blazers rumors. They have just stayed in the news consistently because they're they are hunting. They are big game hunting this summer with relatively limited assets. And that makes them a pretty darn intriguing team. So tell your friends to search Lockdown Blazers wherever they're looking for us. They will find us, all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Make make it part of your daily routine. Listen every day as your first listen. Start your morning, listen to Lockdown Blazers, and then you and your friends will have something to talk about. How about it? Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.